God is good and all the time. I'm going to invite you to find your way to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew number 7. If you are new with us or new-ish, my name is John and I'm blessed to serve as the pastor here. I just want to say thank you for being with us today. And I want to encourage you tonight, uh, we're going to meet back here and have an outdoor worship service right there in the outside the family center and so at six o'clock hopefully you'll be here just a little early and uh, we're going to uh, just uh, have a great time of worship through music and then we're going to get to see several people get baptized uh, and then we're also going to partake of communion and after we do the important stuff then we're going to have some hamburgers you guys excited for some hamburgers are you excited for some baptism all right, good, very good. We, we have our priorities, right? More excited about that than burgers, but uh, I invite you to come back tonight. I also want to uh, let you know next Sunday is going to be a special Sunday as there are going to be churches all over America and all over the world focusing on Matthew chapter 9, verse number 38. And we're going to be challenged uh, by uh, the missions director of the Baptist Bible Fellowship, John Connerup, and uh, this is a worldwide initiative that he is starting that we would set our clocks, mine is already set, for 9.38. You could do morning and evening or just one or the other and pray Matthew 9.38, which simply says, pray to the Lord that he would send forth more laborers into his harvest. And so I want to encourage you to be here next Sunday, all right? Now, we have been seven weeks in walking through the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is called that because Jesus was teaching on the side of a hill, all right, or a side of a, a small mountain. And he's teaching in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, okay? So we've spent the last seven weeks walking through that. We're going to conclude that today, looking at the last part, the conclusion of Jesus' sermon. And so instead of spending like a lot of time reviewing, some of you haven't been able to be with us all those times, I would encourage you to go back on, online and you can watch those on our website. But let me give you just kind of uh, the sermon series in a sentence, okay? We shared this last week, and it simply is this, that the matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. Jesus wants your heart. He's more interested in your heart than your habits. He's more interested in a relationship than religion. He's more interested in you just being with him instead of doing things for him. And so that's kind of what he's been talking about this entire time. And we're going to conclude that this morning. And so we're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting in verse number 13. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, and if you can, would you stand with me as we read our text this morning. We're going to read Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29, the end of the chapter. Jesus says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come in and uh, come in uh, excuse me, come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We've cast out demons in your name, and we've done many wonders in your name. And then I, remember who the I is, Jesus, he's talking. Then Jesus will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, pra- you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching For he taught them as having authority and not as the scribes. God, we ask this morning that as we walk through this text that you would speak to us. Lord, that as is clearly said in here that we would hear your words, we would obey your words. And I pray this morning that you would uh, speak in each of our lives. We would listen and we would obey. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you. You may be seated this morning. And so what we see here in this text is that there's, there's two ways, there's two trees, there's two builders, and there's one judgment. All right, so let's kind of go back to the one judgment first, and then we're just going to quickly walk through these three different word pictures that Jesus gives us. All right, so look at verse number 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. It is he who does the will of my Father, Many will say unto me that day, Lord, we cast out demons, we prophesied, we did many wonders, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. And then this word, depart. Depart from me, for I never knew you. You work or you practice lawlessness. So when we think about this, we have to point out this morning as we, we see what Jesus is referencing a future event. Jesus is referencing that event when, when all of us are going to die. And Hebrews talks about this. Hebrews 9, 27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die. After this is the, it's the judgment. And so we see in our text this morning this reference to Hebrews 9, 27, that one day everyone in this room, everyone in the world, is going to stand before Jesus and give an account. There is going to be a judgment. And what we see from the text this morning is that one of the possibilities, one of the things that Jesus may say to you or he may say to me when I stand before him, one of the possibilities that Jesus would say to us when we stand before him on this final judgment is, I never knew you. Depart from me. And so what we understand in in Scripture is that there is going to be an account We are going to be judged. And what Jesus is referencing here is this idea of depart from me. What we see in in other texts in Scripture is there's going to be an eternal punishment for those who don't give their life to Jesus. 
Now it talks of a lake of fire and fire and brimstone and a place of torment for all of eternity. But I would stand here to say that the greatest punishment is that word depart. Because we will spend an eternity outside the presence of God, outside the presence of Jesus. Depart from me, I never knew you. Now I want you to think of that context, the judgment there as we walk through these three word pictures that were given, right? So the first one it says is there are, there are two ways. And so we're going to see that in these word pictures that we see only one outcome in verses 21 through 23. But it seems like there maybe is, is two possibilities. All right, so let's think about that. All right, so verse number 21 says this, that it's a narrow way. So we see there's a narrow way. It says that there's few that find it, that it's difficult, but it leads. Where does the narrow way lead? It leads to what? Life. What did Jesus say in John chapter 14, verse 6? He said, I am the, the way. Maybe that's what he's talking about here. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the, the life. And so we see here that the narrow way, it's a difficult way if you find it, but it does lead to, to life. So maybe we could think for a moment, oh, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. What's the other way? It says there's a broad way or a wide way. There are many who will find it. And that way leads to what? Not to life, it leads to what? Destruction. So again, we see this understanding that it's appointed a man once to die after this, the judgment. What we see in verses 21 through 23 is those who don't know Jesus are going to spend an eternity paying for their sins. The way that leads to destruction. The next one is that there are two trees, and we see a good tree and a bad tree. And I realized this morning in first service as I tried to read that quickly, it was kind of a tongue twister, so I'm not going to read it again. But it's simple as this, that a good tree bears what kind of fruit? And a bad tree bears what kind of fruit? And a good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And so then Jesus says, by their fruit, you will know them. Well, what, what, would his, what would our understanding be fruit be? I, I think it's speaking to our conduct and our character. And Jesus says, and we read in, in 2 John, it says that if you are going to say you are a follower of Christ, you also ought to walk like a follower of Christ. Like what Tamara said up here this morning, she says, and we're not perfect. And my wife definitely knows I'm not perfect. But my goal is to walk like Christ every single day. And if I say I'm a follower of Christ, then I should walk like Christ. And by your fruits, you will know them. All right, so there's, there's two ways. There's two trees. The second one is, or the third one, excuse me, is there are two to builders. There's a wise builder, and the wise builder built his rock, uh, built his house on the rock. And who do we suppose the rock is referencing? 
Who is it referencing? Jesus. Jesus. And what does it say? If you, if you build your house on Jesus, if the foundation of your life is, is Jesus, then you're going to hear the words of God, and then you're also going to obey the words of God. But it also speaks that when life is difficult, when the storms come, if your foundation is in Christ, then you can ride out the storm. And I think specifically in this text, it's talking about the judgment. That if you have built your life on Christ, the foundation of your faith is in Christ, that when you stand before the Lord at that final judgment, your foundation is firm because it's in Christ. The other foundation, the other builder, what is the word used? It's the foolish builder. And the foolish builder built his house on the what? The sand. Now, if the wise builder is building his house on the rock, and we have said we believe that what is referenced here, the rock is Jesus, then what's the sand? Anything but Jesus, right? Like, we, we in our culture build our life on a lot of things besides Jesus, whether it's our career, it's our money, it's our status, it's who we are. I mean, you, you could fill in the blanks for yourself, but what Jesus is saying is if, if your foundation is anything other than Jesus, well, let me ask you this. What if our foundation is in church? Is that sand or is that rock? It's sand. When you get before God at this final judgment, he doesn't really care if you're a member of Hallmark Baptist Church. That's, that's not the answer to the test that gets you in. Oh, I'm good friends with Pastor John. That's definitely not getting you in. <laughs> definitely not. Every Sunday, I serve in the nursery and go to church. I come on Wednesday night. I even, I'm one of the few that actually goes online and orders my Chick-fil-A before the deadline. I'm good. Anything but Jesus is sand. Now, I also believe that this is talking about eternity but I think in both instances, the, the, the foundation of Christ and the foundation of anything other than Christ, the sand, also has application for my daily life today. Because the truth is, life isn't life sometimes hard? Isn't life sometimes frustrating? Just driving sometimes is frustrating, right? But if my foundation is in Christ, when the storms come, I will stand firm in his strength. If my foundation is not in Christ, when the storms come, how great is the fall is what it says. Now, let's go back to verse 21 through 23. Because these are some alarming verses. They're very, to be honest, as a pastor, these verses scare me. 
Because one of my responsibilities, not only as a pastor, but as a follower of Jesus. You, if you are a follower of Jesus, these verses should scare you. Because what it says to us is that many, many are going to say to the Lord. So on this, this last judgment, many are going to say to the Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. Remember the audience Jesus is talking to. He's talking to four of the disciples who he's just called. I believe also in the audience is the disciple that he has not called yet, Judas. But there's also all these religious people. And remember what we said about these Pharisees and the religious people? We said that they thought that their good enough was good enough. And even said, well, if you would live up to our standard, if you would go to a church as much as we do, and if you would read the Bible as much as we do, if you would memorize as much as we do, if you would hold these laws, commands, all these things we've added, if you would live up to this standard, your good enough will be good enough. And remember what Jesus is saying? No, your good enough is never going to be good enough. So Jesus is, is speaking to a, a large crowd, and a lot of them are very, what we would call church people. And he's telling this crowd, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not do all these things? And he mentions the three things, like I cast out demons in your name, and I worked miracles in your name, and I did all these things. And, and you know who's in the audience that would soon do those things? Judas. Remember later, Jesus would send the disciples out to do these exact three things it talks about. They heal people, perform miracles cast out demons and Jesus says I never knew you depart from me you who work lawlessness so earlier I said there's there's two there's two options two things that Jesus is going to say to you when you stand before him here here's the one we've been talking about right depart from me I never knew you but there is a good statement that Jesus could say to you in Matthew chapter 25. He says it twice. And in Matthew chapter 25, it says this. Jesus would say, good, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of what? The Lord. So we see the, the contrast here. One is, depart from me, I never knew you. You're, you're going to be forever outside the presence of God, paying for your sins. Or... Jesus, when you stand before him on this final judgment, Jesus is going to say to you, enter into my presence. I don't know about you, but I want everybody in this room to hear the second response. I want everyone in this neighborhood to hear the second response. Do you? And it should change the way we live. It should change the way we act. So there's two, two possible responses. But what's frustrating, frustrating is not the right word. What's alarming is the words he uses. Many will say to me, I went to church. One way is the narrow way few will find it. One way is a wide, broad way. Many will find it. And so 
The reality this morning is I believe there's people in the room this morning that think they're on the narrow path and they're not. There are people who think because mom and dad went to church, grandma and grandpa went to church, and I've always been in church, that they're on the right path. That's kind of a, a scary reality, isn't it? And, and before you, so what we normally do, and maybe I should just say what I normally do is when I hear something that kind of like, ooh, I don't like to hear that, especially in church, what I normally do is say, oh, yeah, that person over there, they need to hear this. Siri, she needs to hear this, right? And I wonder, maybe, maybe it's you that needs to hear this. Because the reality is, either when you stand before God in, in, in this moment, if you were to stand before God in this moment, either he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you, or he's going to say, welcome home. And it's not based on your church attendance. It's not based on whether you used to wear a suit and tie to church or not. It's not based on whether you went to Bible college or not. It's not based on whether your grandfather was the treasurer of Central Baptist Church in Ponca City, Oklahoma for 50 years. So, do you feel the heaviness in here this morning? It doesn't compare to what you're going to feel. So, based on our text that we're looking at this morning, do you believe that a possibility, when you stand before God, he could say to you, depart from me, I never knew you? Or do you believe that he's going to say, welcome home. Would you agree this morning that those are the two options? That's the two things that are going to happen. Just, just put your hand up, shake your head, let me know you're here. All right? that's, that's, the two, that's it. That's the two options. He's either going to say, depart from me, I didn't know you, or welcome home. That's it. So do you think, based on what we see, just on the, the percentages, the words used, many are going to go one way, because it's a wide way, and it leads to destruction, but few, do you, you think it might be important for us this morning to make sure, how do we know that I'm not going to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you? Do you think that's important for us to figure out this morning? Amen. Let me ask you another question. Do you think it's important for your neighbors to figure that out? Your coworkers? your teammates, the person whose locker is next to you? Well, I think it's important, so let's look at it. Look back in our text, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Look at the next phrase. I want you to read it there to yourself for a second. Just look at it. It's on the screen if you don't have it in front of you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but... He 
who does the will of my Father in heaven. So do you think that it might be important for us this morning to decide and figure out what's the will of God? Because I want to hear welcome home. Do you want to hear welcome home, yes or no? Do you want your neighbors to hear welcome home? Do you want your family to hear welcome home? Well, in John chapter 6, verse number 40, Jesus did not leave us in the dark. Jesus tells us what the will of the Father is. So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and in the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. So what's the will of his Father? Look in John chapter 6, verse number 40. I love how Jesus started this sentence. This is Jesus talking. And this is the will of him who sent me. All right, so let's just make sure we're really clear here. In Matthew chapter 21, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, Only those who do the will of my Father. Jesus is starting this other teaching in John chapter 6 with a sentence. Here's what the will of my Father is. Look what it says in the rest of verse 40. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. In other words, what Jesus is saying If you believe in Jesus, and if you confess that Jesus is Lord, you will have everlasting life. It's not about church attendance. Thank goodness it's not. Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus? Just in case it wasn't clear, look at verse number 47. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me. Who's talking? Jesus is. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has what? Everlasting life. So, I think it's been pretty clear this morning. When you die, you're going to stand before the Lord, and you're going to hear one of two things. Depart from me, I never knew you. Or, welcome home. The way for you to hear welcome home is not church attendance, it's not giving your money, it's not joining a church. The way for you to hear welcome home when you die, it's very clear what we've just read, correct? Believe in Jesus. Proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Proclaim the truth that Jesus said he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one gets to God, no one gets eternal life except through, who is it? Jesus. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? That's the question for all of us. You know, I I grew up in church, well, since I was born, And I remember when I was about five years old, sitting in kids' church, I remember watching a film, and I remember a kid sitting next to me, his name's Tim Harris. And Tim said to me, hey, you ought to go get saved. So guess what I did? I went to the back, and I remember sitting in one of those little kids' tables. And I remember my mom, I don't remember what we prayed, I just remember like I have the picture in my head. And I remember probably a few weeks later getting baptized. But I also remember as a 17-year-old thinking, 
this is a pretty important decision. Because it's appointed a man wants to die, and after this is the judgment. And he's not going to ask me, was your dad a preacher? He's not going to ask me, was he a good preacher? And I remember as a 17-year-old thinking, the Bible says that God calls people to salvation. That the Holy Spirit draws you to himself. And what I wrestled with as a 17-year-old kid was, did God call me to salvation as a five-year-old? He could have. Or did Tim call me to salvation as a five-year-old? And I promise you, Tim was not speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit. If you knew Tim, you would know that's the truth. And so when I was 17 years old, I made a decision that I was going to give my life to Jesus. And I was going to stand before the church and say, you know what? Jesus is Lord. And he's the only way to get to God. He's the only way to hear, welcome home. So my question for you this morning is, have you done that? Because it seems like, according to our text, that many people think they are safe, and they're not. I want to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to, to process for your own self right now. What is, what's God going to say to me? And what am I basing, what am I basing that information on? What, what am I basing what I think he's going to say to me on? Is there a moment in my life when, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, what must I do to enter heaven? And Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. There must be a moment when you declared Jesus is Lord. And for you this morning, can I tell you, your eternity is not worth wondering maybe if, possibly I might have. That you would make the decision in this moment, if you are not sure that there was a time in your life when you declared Jesus is Lord, and I'm placing my faith for my salvation in the person and in the work of Jesus, I want to challenge you, I want to plead with you to do it right now. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And if you right now want to confess that Jesus is Lord, and you want to ask him to save you, I want to, I'm, I'm begging you to do it right now. You may say something like this, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I confess in this moment, Jesus is Lord. I ask you to forgive me and to save me. Here's the great news. If you pray to the Lord that, when you stand before God, 
he's going to say, welcome home. Welcome home. As our eyes are still closed, I want to ask you this morning, I'd like to pray for you. I would like to celebrate with you. If, if you prayed that this morning, maybe you've been a member for 50 years of this church. Maybe this is the first time you've ever come to church. It, it doesn't matter. If you prayed that prayer this morning and, and you confess Jesus as Lord, I'm going to ask you, would you just put your hand up for a moment? I just want to pray for you. I want to celebrate with you. I'm not going to call you out. Just put your hand up right now. We had, we had three in our early service that raised their hand. Anyone else? Just, just put your hand up here in the second service. Anyone? Just put your hand up. Put it up high, it's dark. Thank you, there's one. I, I, it's hard for me to see. Just put your hand up. I, I made that decision. I surrender my life to Jesus today. Thank you. I see one there in the back. Anyone else? Anybody else this morning? If you're online and you made that decision, please just put in the comments. Fill out the digital card. We, we just want to celebrate with you. If you're in person, I'm going to be right down here. If you want to come talk to me, that would be awesome. If you want to wait till after church, I'll be out in the foyer. If you want to scan the QR code, let us know. that Whatever works for you. We, we just want to celebrate with you. Before we sing, I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Would everyone stand? And you can open your eyes this morning. But I, I have a, a, a final challenge this morning before we close the service and, and song. So for those of us in the room who are followers of Jesus, we're confident that we gave our life to Christ. We're confident that we're going to stand before him one day and he's going to say, welcome home. Isn't that going to be a great day? But the reality is, Jesus said, many are on the path of destruction. What does that mean? It means a good chance that people you work with don't know Jesus. There's a good chance that your neighbors don't know Jesus. There's a good chance those who you go to class with every week don't know Jesus. There's a good chance that the parents that you sit and yell at all the refs with don't know Jesus. And what are you going to do about it? When was the last time that you passionately prayed for someone to come to Jesus? And is there anyone on your list right now that you're actively, passionately, presently praying for their salvation? And I want to challenge you this morning, if you don't have someone on your list, get someone for your list. God wants to use you. God wants to use your story. God wants many, all, to come to repentance. We're going to sing this morning that you're welcome to come, and maybe you need to come down and just pray. God, you know my neighbor's lost. God, you know my coworker's lost. Give me an opportunity. Maybe you need to just say, God, I, I, don't, I don't know anyone. I, I, need to, I need to figure out how to meet someone. Let's just spend time worshiping in prayer and music.